Welcome to the MLS Net Boys podcast. How's it going, Chase? This is Jacob here. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, unfortunate result last night for the boys in green, but exciting all-around results throughout the league. Another another great week at MLS. We're nine weeks in already, almost to the League's Cup break coming up soon, about to the halfway point of that. So kind of crazy how fast this year has gone by, but... You're ready. We'll jump right into some results here. Let's just dive right into it. Let's get cracking. So, first off, I want to mention big, friendly, international friendly on the scopes. United States men's national team with Anthony Hudson at the realm. 1-1 draw against Mexico. U.S. unbeaten in five games against Mexico. Kind of reminds me of uh, Timbers versus Seattle. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I... I didn't really catch much of this game other than the highlights. Uh, I am not a big fan of Jesus Ferreira as our striker, and I hated seeing that guy just like, he was in a good spot, but like get the defender just to kick the ball into his foot, and then he scored it, and then he does like the Ronaldo, like I'm here celebration where he's like grabbing the badge, pointing at the ground. It's like, hey, dude, really? Like, chill out. No, I, I was going to bring that up because so many people were flaming him on Twitter. And I was a big fan of Jesus Ferreira, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of after his. He just hasn't performed for the national team, but I, I don't know. He's still young, and I, I think he'll develop good. He's still pretty young and pretty productive in the league, and we've seen players who haven't been as productive go abroad and like improve quickly. But yeah, people are clowning him for doing the Ronaldo celebration for scoring like a kind of a fluky tap in goal. But I mean. Dude, you scored against Mexico in front of like 65,000 people. I think like, why not, man? Have a go. If I did that, I would be going nuts, man. If I did that, I would not be doing the Ronaldo I'm here celebration. I would be like tearing my shirt in half and like running into the crowd. Fair enough. But we're going to ignore the Canadian championship games, although (laughs) some people might be itching to hear them. We're going to go straight into MLS league play. Charlotte FC hosting the Columbus Crew. Charlotte FC wins 1-0. The, the Polish connection strikes with Kamil Jaswiak to Karol Swiderski with a nice finish. This one hurt a little extra, um, considering that in our football manager save, I am, uh, I am managing Columbus Crew, and our other friend is managing Charlotte. So there's a little bit more on the line here. This game... This game was a little bit more heartbreaking for me as I am managing Columbus in our FM save and our buddy is managing Charlotte. So he made sure to rub it in a little bit. But when you look at the match stats in this game, it's just Columbus couldn't convert. They still dominated the game like uh, Wilfred Nancy would like to, um, you know, with 68% possession, uh, pretty equal on shots, no, not too many shots on target, but I don't know, not too much you can do. It's just, the way of MLS, you know, even if you're the more dominant team and you control the ball, you don't always pull out the win. Yeah, I think that's a big, big game for Charlotte. Yeah, great, great way to pick up points against a solid Columbus team. They've been kind of struggling this year, Charlotte, so good on them. The other side of Ohio and Cincinnati beating Portland 2-1 at home. Sergio Santos and Brandon Vasquez, both their strikers score. Brenner was out as they were finalizing his transfer. And Coach Gio for Portland was out with COVID. But yeah, Cincinnati wins 2-1. Espria scores for us. 
Let's try not and talk about the Portland game for an extra 15 minutes this time. I feel like we'll spread the love around the league a little elsewhere. But first thing I'll say is Portland, encouraging to see us actually attack and play with the ball and not just kind of sit and wait for that low block counter and then not create much. Yeah, I didn't get a... I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but uh, from what I did see, it looked encouraging to see us actually kind of drive forward a little bit, um, not just sit back and wait for the game to come to us. But still, disappointing result. Um, but, you know, considering the guys that we were missing, not having our head coach there, going to one of the best teams in the league, uh, not much else you can really hope for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think... Uh... Unlike some of the other losses Portland's had, there's definitely a lot of positives you can take from this. Next up, kind of a surprise here. Montreal winning 2-0 against the Red Bulls. Montreal's second win of the season. And they score an own goal. And Schloneri, I want to say, scores in stoppage time for, for the impact. Not the impact. Club de Foot now. I don't know why they didn't stay as the impact. That was a way cooler name, way cooler club identity. Dude, not exactly a hot take because most people agree, but Montreal impact, the old badge, the the jerseys, the name, honestly, like top five brand in MLS, in my opinion. Like they had a cool look. But this game, dare I say Red Bulls had better of the play. They had a lot of the ball, which they like to do. They outshot them like two to one or 15 to seven so had twice as many shots and i think for red bulls just so much off the field is just glooming around their club i think it might be starting to affect the team yeah it's kind of one of those like weird stretches of the season for red bulls right now like you said there's a lot of stuff going on off the field a lot of eyes on them um so i don't know i mean good on montreal though picking up another win especially being down a man to hold on that long and then just to wrap it up in the 92nd minute uh pulling a goal out of nothing there. Yeah, and then next up we got New England beating Sporting Kansas City 2 to 1 at home. Veroni gets a brace. This guy's finally starting to score for them. I know when he came from Juventus, there were his expectations. He was replacing Adam Buxa, who was a solid player for them before he departed to France. And this guy's finally starting to store after score after a disappointing last year. And New England's looking really good. They looking like their 2021 self where they won the shield, what broke the MLS scoring record. Um, but Kansas City, man, it's not looking good. How long until they get rid of Peter Vermees? What do you th- like? Do you think that's even an option? I know he just signed like a five year contract extension, but. How long until they get rid of this guy? It, dude, I don't know because yeah, they, he just signed that extension. They're giving him like more control and power over this club. I think they clearly believe in the guy, but I think it all depends on this season. Because honestly, if they start out poor like they have, but they they heat up late in the summer, I think I think the ownership is going to look at him and be like, okay, well. His form, like he's he's getting hot around the right time, it just wasn't enough. Kind of like last year, but I think the change like should have came last year probably. Like it, it was a perfect opportunity, but <laughs> they score a goal at least. This is their third goal only scored of the season, but they got a red card as well. So 
they still have as many goals as red cards this this season. Three goals, three red cards. They're only like a third of the way through the season now, and they've gotten three goals. Really nuts. They're looking. They might break that MLS record of least points in a season from I think it was DC United years ago, but. Couple of things for the Revs. So Henry Kessler was out last this week, and it looks like he'll be out for a few months. So that's a big loss for them. But our boy, fresh off of his award last week, the Darren Maddox Award, Emmanuel Boateng got a, a nice assist for a for a goal. He drives in the box and squares it across goal. Veroni scored. I just realized we gave two awards to New England last week: Emmanuel Boateng and Bruce Arena, both receiving an award. Also, dude, both these managers have been in the league for so long. These guys have, like... These are the old heads of the league. Yeah. Seriously, this is like Roy Hodgson versus, like, like a Sean Deitch or something. Like, just two guys <laughs> that have been around forever. Sean Deitch is probably Peter Vermees. Like, not play-style-wise, but just sticking with a club for a super long time. And then Roy Hodgson is the Bruce Arena, just mercenary, that goes around and creates a stable system wherever he goes. <laughs> Love it. New York City FC wins 3-1 to over Dallas at City Field, not Yankee Stadium. And this is one of our match predictions. Chase was looking for, he predicted New York City winning 2-1. to I predicted a 1-0 Dallas win. So Chase ended up being right with uh, the result, but not the scoreline. Gives me another point in our uh, match predictions for the season, but... New York City starting to string together some form. Santiago Rodriguez looking solid. They just look like a much better team since he's kind of come back into the fold as well as uh, James Sands coming back. They just they look a lot better. Yeah, I think. And they put Talos Magno back out wide instead of pl- trying him as a forward, which that's a big help as well. Ren Richie Ledesma came in on loan um, from the Netherlands. So... Yeah, getting some pieces back, getting some getting some goals. It's looking it's looking good for them, I think. All right, what else? What what do we have next? Move on from that game. We got an exciting three one win away. DC United beats in Orlando three to one. And guess who scored a nice goal? Benteke. He gets this ball inside the box, kind of chips it up and then slots it home, bottom corner. But yeah, DC winning in Orlando. Duncan Maguire scored for Orlando. And then Donovan Pines, Taxi Fontas, and Benteke. I, I don't know. DC. DC game, they haven't been the best team this year, but they've been all right. But DC games have been fun to watch. Like they they're always like lots of goals in these games and just late, late drama. It's kind of exciting. Waza Rooney has these boys playing, dude. And- He's the boogeyman of our FM save. That guy, even though his team is just terrible, he's putting together some form and he's translating that to real life as well. Yeah, our friend is, uh, he's got Charlotte, who we were talking about, and he's like nearly perfect. He's got 31 out of 33 points, but it's DC United that's beating him in a preseason and like causing him to stumble. So Rooney's got some, some vision that he's... He's also a United fan. I think he may have just... Folded a little bit in his tactics there. Put some youth players on to boost Wazaruni up. Disgraceful. Next up, Philly gets a le- a win in the league, kind of riding the ship. And Michael Orr gets a hat trick. Toronto just looked 
bad, man. I don't know if you saw that own goal that was scored. It was pretty much a scramble in the box, and then just one of their defenders kicks it, goes immediately off of another guy, and just in for the goal. And then Toronto scores two consolation goals, and Signe with a nice strike, and then Richie Larea. But big win for Philly. Yeah, Jacob didn't mention this, but Toronto is his uh, FM team. And similar problems that you're having with this team. Just a terrible, leaky defense, but solid going forward. Yeah, and I don't know. Last year, we were kind of not like Toronto was not all right with it, but that was kind of what everybody knew it was going to happen. I think second year with Bob Bradley, they were kind of expecting this to, uh, this trend to change. But yeah, same same story. Toronto just not really a scary team anymore like they used to be, which uh kind of disappointing to see. They were kind of one of the most class teams in the league uh, at one point, but not really having that anymore. Next up, Houston Dynamo beating Inter-Miami in a cross-conference matchup 1-0 with a Daniel Starez nice finish uh, top of the box. I forgot this guy was still playing, dude. I, I remember him back when he was at LA Galaxy, and I just thought he had retired. I haven't seen this guy forever. Yeah, he got traded to Houston, and you know he's been there during their kind of their bad couple of seasons last couple of years. But this season, Houston's quietly been pretty good, and you know he's been solid in the defense. Gets a goal today. Um, I don't know. I was big on Houston, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. On the flip side, Inner Miami is just. Man, they started off two wins out of two games, and since then, I don't think they've won, and it's just not clicking. Yosef Martinez hasn't scored a goal yet. Um, Leo Campagna hasn't looked like his old self, and it's just, what, what can you say about Inter-Miami? I think I I kind of called this earlier, like a few weeks ago, and I said they, they looked good at the start, but they were just the chances they were taking were not good goal-scoring opportunities. They were taking a lot of just, like, weird, crazy shots, and it came off in those two games. They were scoring just banger goals, but they weren't creating really good clear-cut opportunities. But I don't know. That may all change. They have two DP spots open right now, and they're going into a summer where they could possibly pick up Messi as well as uh, this Argentinian guy. Um, as well as Sergio Busquets, which would be interesting because Busquets, although he's one of the greatest uh, defensive midfielders of all time, kind of a little bit past it physically, so it would be interesting to see how he would handle the the grit of MLS. But either way, Messi, an exciting prospect. Yeah, I think this summer is where we're, we're really going to find out about Inter Miami expect them to have every national TV game if the signings go through after that. I am kind of curious though if they don't get Messi, do they even have a backup plan right now? Because it seems like they're putting everything into getting Messi right now. I would imagine so. Honestly, for me, it seems more like the league is trying to get Messi. Like obviously, they want to get Messi too, and they've been vocal about it. But seems to me like the league is pushing for that. I'd imagine they. It's Miami. All these popular European and South American like soccer stars go there and like they're like off season for holidays so i bet they can pull somebody but let's move on this was a this Jesse was a lingard instead <laughs> doesn't have quite the same ring to it but 
You know, I could see him going to DC playing for Waza Rooney. <laughs> Couldn't you see that? Unfortunately, yeah, to see him just slotting in balls and for Benteke to finish. Just doing some stupid TikTok dance afterwards <laughs> in the corner while <laughs> scoring a consolation goal against Philly. But we got Nashville hosting LAFC 1-1 draw and Haney Mukhtar last season's MVP scores and maybe this season's MVP. Dennis Buanga scores. LAFC remains undefeated on the year. I I saw the Dennis Buanga go live. I was watching the, the game. Kind of crazy just how confident that guy is right now. And also crazy that Nashville just stepped off so much. Gave the ball away pretty cheaply. And Dennis Buanga just dribbles like maybe 15, 20 yards just straight up the middle of the pitch and just blasts a shot from like 20-ish yards out right into the bottom right corner. And nobody was really challenging this guy. They kept like stepping off thinking he was going to like lay the ball out wide or something. But a guy on that kind of form and the way he's scoring right now, you can't afford to give him space like that. He's just going to bury those chances. Yeah, and for for LAFC, it's going to be all eyes towards that midweek game against Philly in the Champions League semifinals. Next up, Colorado Rapids hosting St. Louis. Another 1-1 draw. And Alm scores for St. Louis, but Michael Barrios in stoppage time, two weeks in a row, gets a draw for his team with a, a nice strike inside the box. The power of the bleach blonde mohawk, dude. You love to see it. But also, looking at the match statistics of this is crazy. St. Louis only producing nine shots, a little uncharacteristic for them. And then Colorado, even more uncharacteristic, producing 21 shots. Dude. That is not something you, you think of when you think of Colorado. Yeah, love, love to see it. They, they went with a three at the back and then had Betashore and Keegan Rosenberry as their wing backs. And... I don't know, they're trying something different. Kevin Cabral, the lone forward, and looked good. I love to see Colorado Rapids do this. I think Robin Frazier's a great coach, and he just doesn't have the budget to operate like with so many of these other teams, but he gets he gets a lot out of his players, I think, and he definitely gets a lot out of players that are overlooked in this league. So, you know, you want to win at home, but I think that's a solid point against a good St. Louis team. That's fair. Not not many people expecting much from Colorado, especially with how they started the season, but it seems like they're kind of starting to put something together. I mean, results-wise, not necessarily. It's only a draw, but against the top team in the Supporters' Shield race, good for them. Yeah, they've drawn LAFC and St. Louis at home, so it could be worse. But next, Rail Salt Lake hosting San Jose Earthquakes. Salt Lake with a 3-1 win over San Jose, a good San Jose team. I think that's a great result for RSL. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because San Jose, even last year, just nobody really talked about them as like a potential like playoff contender. They just, nobody really looked at them, and all of a sudden now they're just putting together this form that quietly becoming like a favorite team to even get like maybe a home playoff game. But... You can't count out RSL, dude. That's like the one of the main rules about MLS is RSL is always going to pull something out of the bag when you least expect it. Yeah, Christian Espinosa gets a another goal for San Jose. I've been seeing a lot of articles and hearing from the MLS pundits like 
this guy's finally getting like the credit he deserves because he's been like quietly pretty good for San Jose and showing flashes like on some pretty abysmal San Jose teams. But now he's like really starting to shine. He's got a good coach with him, a good supporting cast, and it's fun to see. But next up, LA Galaxy winning 2-0 over Austin, a game, another one of our predicted games. And Chase, what do we each predict for this one? I'm going to make you say it. Jacob predicted a 2-0 win for LA Galaxy, so he got the scoreline completely correct. I thought it was going to be a stinker, just 1-1 draw with two terrible defenses, but... Uh, LA Galaxy, exactly the way, when you look at this team on paper, the two guys you would expect to come up big for them, Chicho, or Chicharito, I almost said Chicho, like the LAFC player, uh, Chicharito and Ricky Puge coming up big, um, good for them, Austin FC, just terrible for them, dude, they are not looking, it's kind of reminds me of New England when they, after they won the Supporter Shield, the next year, when they crashed out of CCL and they just were terrible. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great comparison. And I was reading also, I think it was Matt Doyle's article, how their XG last year, they way overperformed, and they were getting these nuts goals and scoring these crazy volleys inside the box. And if you just looked at the numbers, it was always going to be hard to like replicate that. And so I think we're kind of seeing that. Maybe last year was a bit of a, I don't want to say a fluke, but like something that definitely wasn't going to be replicated. And now they're kind of leveling out. Driussi's been disappointing to start the year. Hasn't been nearly as effective as he should have been. But good, much-needed win for LA Galaxy. Their first win of the season, dude. How many games in are they now and they finally got a win? I think they're seven or eight because that first game got postponed. But That's crazy. But good on them. Good on them getting a win. And Austin FC... Looks like it's they're going to be in for a rough season, but they do have that bright spot of uh, Owen Wolf coming through. Uh, when I first saw him kind of like breaking into the team, I thought it was just a little bit of some Gio Reyna type status, just coach's son getting in, just getting on the field, but he's looked solid for them so far. Yeah, that banger he scored against Salt Lake, I think, was was really, really nice. Yeah, it looks like a good player. I don't want to talk about it, but we will. Seattle Sounders winning 1-0 against Minnesota. Watched almost this whole game. I'm the biggest Minnesota fan this week. Just I'm pretty much the biggest fan of whatever team is playing Seattle, other than Portland. And just likes their stuck piece of paper printer jerseys. <laughs> hey, that's a class jersey. But I couldn't tell this year because every team in the league was wearing teal and black, so... I feel bad for anybody who was watching like that 360 show. I saw a picture on Twitter. It was just chaos because every screen was just looked exactly the same. But, you know, I they were bouncing around this quote from Adrian Heath before the game who said, like, yeah, every time we come up to Seattle, we play pretty good. We always, like, are in this game, and then, like, one stupid mistake happens and we give them the game. That was exactly what happened here. Minnesota looked like quality they were weathering the storm and they just looked solid defensively they they had some good looks couldn't get a goal and then seattle just whips in a ball kind of makes its way through the box ruznak is completely open at the top of the box and scores and seattle gets three points stupid seattle 
as much as I hate to say it, like these Don't. are the games that are a sign of a good team. I I severely dislike Seattle. Don't get me wrong, but this is a good team. It's a good team with good depth. Um, I, I mean, Albert Rusnak scored a guy that I was glad didn't show up on the field for uh, the game against us in Portland. But it's when you're a team that wants to contend for trophies, you have to pull out results like this. You have to get those scrappy, just dirty goals that where maybe it wasn't all going your way that day. You still find a goal and you, you pull a result out of nowhere. But still, yeah, Seattle, I hate you guys. But thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, it, I think that's exactly right. Shows why Seattle's been good for so long. When they can play games where they don't look like their best and still get a result out of it. Three points at home. Really, really shows you how good they are. Last game of the weekend. Just finished like an hour or so ago. And it was Atlanta versus Chicago. Atlanta wins 2-1. to one. They get another goal from Jumakis, their striker. Casper Shabrilko levels it in the 90th minute from a terrible giveaway. And then Atlanta scores in the 90th, in the 99th minute, I think. An own goal that goes off like a Chicago player's back. Me and Chase were watching the end of it right before we recorded. And yeah, this is our prediction. So what do we predict for this one, Chase? Uh, I said it was going to be a 2-1 Chicago win, so I got no points on that. Uh, Jacob said it was going to be a 3-1 Atlanta win, so he got one point for that game. Uh, which takes us, for our total points across the season so far, Jacob is sitting on 16 points. I am now sitting on 14, so you've regained the lead. I, I was ahead of you by one point for a week. It only took a week. Let's go. Anyway... <laughs> about this game. Yeah, so Chase predicted a Chicago win. I predicted an Atlanta win. However, I was heavily supporting Chicago from this. Dare I say Chicago played better. They had the better of this stats. They had less possession, but more shots, more shots on goal. And I don't know. Ezra Hendrickson's got these boys playing. If it wasn't for dropping points against... Philly blowing a two-goal lead to get a draw, dropping a two-goal lead against Cincinnati to get a draw. Like, they'd be more up in the standings than they already are. And, you know, they don't get anything here, but this Chicago team can compete. It's kind of weird to say. They're uh, right below the playoff line in the East right now in 10th place. (laughs) Kind of crazy to say that. Um but yeah, this is a team that I could see pushing for playoffs. Um, I don't even remember where I put them in my preseason predictions, but honestly, it seems like that Kai Kamara signing has just completely turned this team around. Who would have thought in 2023 we'd be saying that? A guy that started his career 20 years ago is going to be revolutionizing the Chicago Fire. Love to see it. Love to see, like, you can tell that guy's, like, taking care of his himself his his body like he's he's able to like physically compete with these guys and i don't know it's nice to see it's nice to see chicago competing playing well although not getting the three points here chicago's like my adoptive eastern conference team not toronto man not your your fm 23 say with toronto toronto as well but they've 
they've had a lot of good stuff happen in recent years. So, what was the best thing that's happened to Chicago in the last decade? Can you tell me? Hosting the All Star Game in 2017, where we lost signing Kai Kamara. I honestly having I, Quaker I Oats as their sponsor. Having no shirt sponsor this year. I don't know, but that's. That's week nine of MLS play. A lot of interesting games. A lot of good stuff here. Yeah, it was honestly an exciting week. It seems like MLS, you know, is in like full swing when you just start getting like week after week of just these weird games, weird results. Like you get a high scoring game with like Philly. You get like a crazy Montreal, like an underdog winning while like on a red card. You just, you get these cool like last minute. It's just like, that's MLS in a nutshell, and the fact that it's all jam-packed into one day now <laughs> just makes it even crazier. Yeah, I wish I wish we could switch that up a bit, but... I, I hope that some executive at MLS was thinking about that when he's like, we're going to create the 360 show where you get to watch four games at once because this league is just purely chaotic and we're just going to be bouncing back and forth to like all these just weird events happening everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's move on to a game we we done a few weeks ago. We're going to bring it back. Of course, it's not our game. It's a, a lot of people play a rendition of it, but this is the MLS edition. The MLS Net Boys certified game called Who Am I? Where Jacob and I, we go through and uh, we pick a player. Uh, we don't tell the other person, but we'll pick a player and we... Say, who am I? And we, we have three different clues. If if I give Jacob one clue and he guesses the person right off the first clue, he gets three points. And if he guesses it on the second clue, he gets two points. On the third clue, he gets one point. And uh, so on and so forth. We've each picked three players. We're going to go back and forth and see who ends on the most points at the end of the game. Jacob smoked me last time. I don't even know if I got one guy right. And like we said last time, this is like this is me and Chase's bread and butter here. Think of like think you're going to bed and like you just watch your team play. Think of the most like niche bang average MLS name you can think of. Like right before you fall asleep that you forget made like two appearances for your club. Think about that and like me and Chase just love spitting names like that back and forth. So we're picking players we think would be hard to guess for the other person. Yeah, this, like I said, last time we did this, Jacob absolutely destroyed me. I don't know if I got a single one right, so I, I upped the difficulty a little bit. I went a little bit further back. I think I found your cutoff range for MLS knowledge. Um, These but, better not be like 90, 1990s players that I've never heard of. I'm going to just pick players from before you were even born. Um, but yeah, I, I, went, I went a little bit further back. I picked... I picked some guys that you probably will know. You'll recognize their name, but I tried to make it a bit more difficult. With that being said, I'm sure you did the same for me, and I, I didn't even get a single one last time. I, you know what? I I feel like it's about the same for me. So, it the worst part is is like we'll read all these clues to each other, and then if you can't guess it, like once the other guy says the name, you're like, oh, dude, like how did I not know that? Like you instantly like when you say like a random MLS player's name, I just get flooded with memories of that guy like running down the wing or something. Just doing something like some random act. Like remember like Mike Grella? 
Like Grillino, dude? Skillino, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Nutmeg and Frank Lampard. That was our MLS iceberg moment we talked about. But yeah, feel free to play along with us if you're listening, and we'll give the answers at the end, obviously. so. All right, you want to lead it off? I will gladly lead it off. So, this first clue is he has played for three expansion teams in MLS. So, an expansion team, if you don't know, is MLS started with an original 10 teams, and then ever since then, they've expanded the league. So, if your team wasn't a part of the original group, you're an expansion team. So, he's played for three expansion teams, and then two of the MLS original teams, and then also in USL, and then the now in the Canadian Premier League, just signed like not long ago. So he's currently playing in the Canadian Premier League. So, uh, and when he played for the expansion teams, was it their first year, or just at some point he played for an expansion team? Uh, at some point. Okay, so an MLS mercenary. Played for multiple teams and is now in the Canadian Championship. So I'm guessing it's probably going to be a Canadian guy. Oh man, I'm blanking right now. The only guys I can think of aren't in the Canadian Championship right now. I don't know if he's actually played yet. Oh, so he just was recently signed. He might not super super like not like yesterday, but he signed. But I don't know if he's like made an appearance. I think he's. It's been a case where like he hasn't played much wherever he was at before, and because the last team he was on, he made zero appearances for oh, actually. No. So it's gonna be some just random guy that has never made an impact at MLS. Oh man, you'll definitely know the name when I tell you. I'm gonna guess it was probably like a center defensive mid or just a random <laughs> center mid, like some dude who hasn't done much in the league, like similar to like a Ben Zamansky. <laughs> Uh, Nobody's gonna know who that is. Ben Zamansky, love you, dude. Come on the show. Unless you went to Akron. Oh my gosh, this has got me stumped early. Um, no, he plays in the league. I'm gonna. I know this is wrong, but I'm just gonna say Robert Earnshaw. <laughs> uh, it is not, but great guess. I believe he's coaching in the Canadian Premier League, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I know he's assistant coach somewhere. Um. Okay. That was a tricky one. He has been teammates in the league, or not in the league, but just in general with. So next clue we've got, this person has been teammates with Maxi Rudy, Pamo Duka, and then this is somebody most people probably won't know. But Jordan Farr. Jordan Farr is a local goalkeeper who's uh, played in Oregon here in high school and college, um, currently in the USL. But yeah, Jordan Farr, Pamuduka, Maxi Rudy. Jordan Farr, come on the show. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm guessing Maxi Rudy. That's tough because you're throwing two Portland guys at me. But Maxi Rudy is not exclusively Portland. Portland and the entire state of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. With Montreal entire... thrown and, in there. And Pamuduka, I don't think he played for another. He did. I think he left and played like probably one season for like Montreal or something after uh, 
after he left the Timbers. Oh, man. This is going to be the most obscure person. I can already tell. I promise you'll know. Most people, if they've watched MLS in the last decade, mm. would definitely know this guy. Would definitely know him. Okay. Or I, maybe not definitely, but like... I'm going to say... If you paid somewhat close attention. I don't know if he's still playing, but I'm going to say M- Michael Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, great guess. I love that guess, but... Unfortunately not, no. I believe he's retired. This is the big hint that will probably give it away. Scored the first hat trick in MLS history for the Vancouver Whitecaps against Seattle. Against Seattle. So this is a forward then, I'm assuming. Scored a hat trick against Seattle. First hat trick in history for Vancouver. Dude, I don't know very many Vancouver players, honestly. I I don't really pay attention to Vancouver until recently. Um, not Freddie Montero. That's a more of a Seattle guy that just played in Vancouver. What's his name? Uh, was it Hasley or something like that? That guy that scored the banger. Oh, at CenturyLink. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eric Hasley. Did score that crazy banger. He was a striker for Vancouver. Is that your guess? No, I'm thinking where he would have played with played with Yerudi at. Because I so Palmo Duca had to have gone to Vancouver then. That's right. Because I know he coached there. So that's where that connection's at. But where did this guy play with Maxi Yerudi? The the Jordan, Jordan. Far Far the Jordan Far part. I know nothing about like that USL squad, so that that that's a cool fact. But I don't, I don't know the roster well enough. Yeah, that was more that was more for you. Then the Maxi or Rudy had to have been somewhere in Texas because I don't think this was a Portland. Would, guy. would you like another real player other than Jordan Farr? Because that was more just for you and Chase, for for Chase and me, not really for the listener. All right, if you got one more player, I'll gladly take it. But I'm. Currently thinking, who's a random guy that played for Vancouver and also played for in Texas? Ricardo Clark never went to Vancouver, right? I know that was like a pretty solid striker, but I think he may have retired before Yerudi was even around. Man, this is tough. It's always fun doing this because, like, I like to find obscure players that I think may, like, stump you. But then I forget, like, on the other end, you're doing the same thing to me. And it's just impossible. Do you have another guy for me? He also played with Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen. All right, so it had to have been a Columbus Crew player at some point as well. And the expansion teams... Okay, so Columbus Crew, Texas, Vancouver, and a striker. Oh, no. Dominic Oduro. <laughs> Not a bad guess. No, wait. Yeah, that's wrong. Dang it, because he played for Montreal. That's wrong. I knew it. You're going you're gonna to be kicking yourself. Kakuta Mane. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> so... He played for, kind of cool actually, he played for Austin Aztecs, so the USL team, 
And then he ended up playing for Austin FC in MLS, their first season. And then he also played for the Vancouver Whitecaps for a long time, obviously. And then he plays now for Pacific FC in the Canadian Premier League, which is uh, Vancouver Island. So pretty close to Vancouver. So and then I forgot about that guy, dude. I I hated him for a long time <laughs> as a Vancouver player. So his career recent so he played a couple teams before Vancouver, but really lit it up at Vancouver and then kind of fell off, then went to Columbus Crew, was all right there, then went to Pachuca in Mexico. That didn't work out. Then went to St. Gallen in Switzerland, which we have listeners from there, so shout out to them. Then went to FC Cincinnati for their expansion year. So the expansion teams was Vancouver, Cincinnati, and then Austin. <coughs> the two original teams were Columbus Crew. He went to New England Revolution in 2020. And then USL, San Antonio. And then Canadian Premier League, Pacific FC. Dang. I have one very vivid memory of Kakutamane, and that was... Playing against Portland, we were in Vancouver, and uh, he like went off the field injured, and the ref called him back on the field during a counterattack for Vancouver, where like our team was shifted over to the other side. He was wide open, just came running on from the halfway line out of bounds, and then went and scored against us to like <laughs> put them in the lead, and then they ended up beating us. Classic. I was pretty livid about that. All right, moving on. That, oh, man. I'm mad at him. You little mad. That. You... That's that's a guy I I know him, but I just haven't thought about him for a long time. Not not the biggest name, but kind of lit up the league for for a good stretch. Not a good stretch, but a few years. He was like a one of a, the bright spots of those Vancouver teams. So I feel like if you've been somewhat in the league, you would have known that the last decade or so. But Chase is up. All right, I have. I think I have a guy that you'll probably be able to guess. So, first clue. This guy has played for, so he's been coached by Mark Dos Santos, Greg Vanny, and John Herdman. All as a head coach? Or is that? All as head coach. Greg Vanny, John Herdman. That's a Canadian coach, right? John John Herdman? Herdman, Yeah. Right? Okay. And then Mark Dos Santos. The Santos was at Vancouver. Vancouver and Canadian, I'm assuming. And then Greg Vanny. Could be the Galaxy or Toronto. Man. I went, I went with a different angle this time by picking like picking coaches. Because I knew I know you have a deep knowledge of coaches as well. I believe John Herdman was the Canadian women's coach before Canada coached. He hasn't coached in MLS, I don't think. That may or may not be true. Is it Daniil Henry? No, that is not correct. That's a good guess, though. That's a solid guess. Because, yeah, he was Toronto, Vancouver, LAFC, where I know Dos Santos is an assistant now, and then Canada, so, okay. All right, all right. So this player, second clue, this player has played with Clint Irwin. <laughs> Theo Bear and Zach McMath. Oh boy! <laughs> so you kind of you kind of have the teams now. It's Toronto and giving, Vancouver. This is giving you a timeline. Theo, Where were these other players at those teams? 
Theo Bear, I remember, scored a banger against Portland, yeah, uh, like a vault, <laughs> in the empty stadium during COVID when Vancouver was the home team at Providence Park because they were like our adoptive team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, Clint Irwin, Toronto, it's got to be. Man, who's. Is it uh, Tosin Ricketts, the striker? That is, that is it. That is who it was. <laughs> Dang it, dude. How do you pull these guys out of nowhere? My uh, my last clue would have been that he had 61 caps for Canada. Only 69 goals across his career. I thought that guy had scored way more. One of really? which was the crucial goal to send Toronto through to the playoff semifinals on that. Gets Montreal, right? Yep. On that uh, amazing run that they made. Wow. 69 goals only. I, I, I feel like career. I feel like that guy scores all the time. Wow. That's what I thought, too. Very interesting. It looked like he was electrocuted for half his career <laughs> with his hairstyle. <laughs> he was, that guy was nuts, dude. I don't remember him ever starting a game, but that guy would sub in like the 70th minute and just be like full sprinting just against like tired defenses and he'd always score like a scrappy it's goal so fast remember like whenever we would be playing fifa against each other and uh one of us would get like toronto or something he was just the guy that you would sub on who had like 90 pace or something 99 pace almost but no other attributes worth pulling all right that next puts, that puts you in the lead two points I am currently at zero this one this is a bit of a more tricky one but Oh, if man, you're after the last one, <laughs> if if you're newer to the league, he he's a pretty influential player in the league, um, but and in U.S. soccer, as I will explain. So first hint scored the goal. Actually, hmm, maybe that's too obvious. Might, maybe I might rearrange these uh, questions. All right, first hint. Played at Fulham America, the nickname given to Fulham when they had a load of American players alongside Casey Keller, Brian McBride, Carlos Bocanegra, and Clint Dempsey. He played at Fulham with with all those guys? With all these guys. So OG MLS player who went abroad and had an influence on American soccer and has scored a banger, assumingly, for the U.S. national team. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. I want to say Michael Bradley, but I don't think he went to Fulham. He didn't, no. He went to Aston Villa, I think, was his Premier League. Yeah, I knew he was over there somewhere before he went to Roma. Yeah, not quite. Scored the game-winning goal to send us to the World Cup in Brazil, 2014. Scored the winning goal against Mexico in Columbus, but didn't make the final roster for that 2014 World Cup. This might be a trick question. Because I want to say Landon Donovan now. Because I know that was like the big, <laughs> the big, like the guy who got cut out. But I don't think he played at Fulham. Oh, man. Who went overseas, played at Fulham with all of those guys? All those guys played at Fulham with him? At the same time. Wow. 
That's crazy. I never knew that. Um, Landon Donovan was the big name that got left out. But I feel like that's too obvious, and you wouldn't pick that because you know I love Landon Donovan. Uh, let's go with a left field shout of... No, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say Omar Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that guy ever went overseas. No, he went to just in Liga MX, I believe. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go with Landon Donovan because I can't think of any other names right now. It is not Landon Donovan, but funny you say Landon Donovan. He scored the second goal in that game to send us to the World Cup. So this player I picked scored the first goal. Landon Donovan made it 2-0. Dos zero. So last hint. That was the big one. That was the big hint, honestly. But... For my last hint, I'm going to give you the whole career path because you'll know him once you hear the name. Like I said, if you're newer to the league, you probably won't know who this is, but definitely definitely an MLS uh, known entity. He's only 39, actually. He's not that old. He retired kind of early. He retired eight years ago, so he retired when he was 31. So, started with FC Dallas, then went to Sporting Kansas City from 2006 to 7, then joined Fulham in 2008, while at Fulham, went on loan to Cardiff City, went on loan to Arius FC in the Greek League, then went on loan to Preston North End, then returned to MLS where he kind of jump-started, revitalized his career for the Seattle Sounders. Was there for two years from 2012 and 2013. Scored 23 goals and 49 appearances. Was really good. But then Seattle didn't want to make him a DP. And there was this kind of MLS iceberg moment where he scored. And he did this celebration where he was like doing the dollar sign thing. But because he was pretty much saying, pay me, like right to the camera. DC United, following season, signs him as a designated player. And he does all right there, but then he retires. And I'll give you a bonus clue. He's now like a soccer academy coach, and he actually coached Christian Pulisic. This is nuts. I can't think of a Preston North End. What? (laughs) I'm trying to think of a guy that... He the was C- the Seattle is probably where I'm going to be able to like find a name. He was a striker with um Freddie Montero in 2012, yeah. 2013 with Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey. That's where I was like that was right around the time when I was getting like really deep into the league. Like his, that's when I was starting to really kind of fall into MLS. His last goal for Seattle was in that playoff loss to the Timbers at Providence Park. I think we were up like 4-1 on aggregate or 5-1 and he scored like a consolation header. Oh man. I'm trying to think who is their striker. I know oh Chad Barrett. <laughs> it was not Chad Barrett. But it's the only other just random American striker I can think of for them. It was Eddie Johnson. Oh what? Remember Eddie Johnson? Yeah. What the heck? 
Yeah, I didn't realize he was uh went abroad as much as he did. Yeah, um, I didn't know that either. I I did not know that guy went that like on that career path. But yeah, retired fairly fairly early because this guy was a good good striker in the league. Um, hmm, that's interesting. I. I thought I had you with Chad Barrett for a second because I was like, did this guy just have like this random abroad career that I didn't know about? All right, moving on. I think <laughs> I have a guy that may stump you here. I I, I gave you the first one, Toussaint Ricketts, because I, I know that's somebody you'd probably know. Second guy, I don't know if you're going to guess. I'm really hoping you don't. Okay. First clue, I've played with Jeff Cameron... Bobby Boswell, <laughs> Breck Shea, and Kevin Molino. Kevin Molino. <laughs> I thought I had a good player in mind until you said Kevin Molino. Breck Shea, Kevin Molino. Um, Bobby Boswell, you said? Yeah. Um, what was the first one? Jeff Cameron. Jeff Cameron. Okay. A man with a long storied career, both in MLS and abroad. See, here's my strategy here. Breck Shea and Can you run through those again? So the list is Jeff Cameron, Bobby Boswell, Breck Shea, yep. and Kevin Molino. Kevin Molino and Breck Shea. I know both played for Orlando. I forget if it's at the similar timeline, but then it also could be USMNT with Shea and Cameron. And I think Cameron started at the Dynamo. Man. Who went from like Dynamo to Orlando City? Is it uh, Tally Hall, the goalkeeper? <laughs> Dude, how did you guess that? <laughs> what the <laughs> There's no way. There's no way you guessed that. <laughs> Is he the one who became like a cop after he <laughs> that retired? Was, that was going to be my last clue. There's no way you guessed that Dude, first try. I just, remember, I just remember every time you'd watch this guy play, he'd have like a circular like water spot right on his chest. You ever see that with certain players after they like drink the water really quick? Uh, you know what that is actually is they put um, vapor rub on their jersey and because it, it opens your sinuses. So it makes it so you can breathe better during the game. Didn't Which as that. a goalkeeper, I didn't know why, don't know why you would need that, but it makes more sense for outfield players to be able to run and have their sinuses open so they could breathe better. Learn something new on the MLS Net Boys show. Oh, man. My my uh my other clues the second clue would have been I've played for three MLS teams across my career, racking up 153 appearances and have no caps for my national team. <laughs> and the last one was I was an MLS All Star in twenty eleven and twenty thirteen. Since twenty seventeen I have become a police officer for the Orlando Police Department. I remember seeing that because I believe he joined from Houston. He was like a longtime goalkeeper there and then joined the Yeah, he started in Houston at 2009. I think he played there for like five years before moving to Orlando. I did not think you were going to be able to get that one, honestly. It's weird. I thought that was going to be one that would stump you for sure. I randomly thought of him the other day. I was like thinking of stuff when we were texting about doing this. and I was like, huh. I was like, 
Haven't heard of that guy for a very long time. He's like one of those goalkeepers who kind of was in the league for a while. So, wow, I didn't think expect you to. That was a deep pull. I, I was hoping <laughs> I'd get you with the deep pull, but you got it like first try. Jeez, man. All right, well, that we could go through this last round, but you just wrapped it up there. That gave you five points, and I'm at zero still. So you just wrapped this this little game up. It's, uh, this is my bread and butter. I I love niche MLS guys who most people listening have never heard of. I got a tricky one for you here. So, this player has played at a team in both City and Red Bull football groups. Okay. So the way you're phrasing that makes me think that he probably played in a different continent one of these football groups for both City and Red Bull but for it to be an MLS I'm going to go ahead I'm going to guess he played for New York Red Bulls because New York City is so new I don't think you would go with a guy that fresh in the league so I'm going to go probably a guy that played for New York Red Bulls and then probably for a random city affiliate like Melbourne City or something weird like that Anyways, I, man, it's a random Red Bulls player from before, like, 20, I'm going to guess, like, before, like, 2018 is probably when you pulled this guy's name. Um, going to kill me. Uh, I'm going to go with. Oh, no, I can't. It's not him. He's played in the league too long. This is going to be tough, but I'm going to just say Mike Grella because I love him. <laughs> it is not Mike Grella, unfortunately. This guy has been teammates with Mix Discarude. So he did play in New York City. Tyler Adams. Tommy McNamara. And then some guy you've probably never heard of called Ilke Gundogan. Oh, man. He played with mixed Discarude. So that had to have been at new york city fc even though i think he was technically on like man city's roster even though he didn't wasn't actually a part of their plans i think they just had to offload him at new york city fc um run through what was the second name again mixed discrude tyler adams tyler adams so that had i assuming that was at leipzig tommy mcnamara and ilke gundigan Co McNamara, which was probably <laughs> at New York City again. The guy who played for New York City and maybe Leipzig as well. What was the last one, sorry? Gundogan. Gundogan, okay. Man City or Dortmund. Oh, this is going to kill me. Dude, you, you, you pull some like obscure guys. What the heck? <laughs> 
Uh, played with mixed, even mixed discrude would have been a, like a good one to use for this because that's just such an obscure player that you know what it was. I actually saw him, and then I was going through the different rosters to like find stuff, and I was like, oh, he played with this player. Uh, sort of. A guy that played overseas and probably played New York City FC. Um. Their defender's name, uh, Chano or whatever his name is, the center back. Yeah, yeah, Chano is his name. Yeah, is that your guess? Because I know he's played in Europe. I don't know where at in Europe, but I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, it is not Maxime Chano, but not a bad guess. Last hint, he has won the Community Shield in England and the DFB Pokal. Played in England and Germany. And MLS. So he played for Man City then, I'm guessing. And he played for Dortmund. The Community Shield was with Man City, yes. Okay. And he played for Dortmund. The Assuming... Oh, no, he played with Leipzig, actually, because if he had to play with Tyler Adams, had to have been at Leipzig when they won the DFB Pokal. Oh, is this... um, uh, What's that left back? It's a... Uh, <laughs> Angelino or whatever. It is Angelino. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that guy played same City same and year. Leipzig. Yeah, carved out a nice career for himself. Actually, yeah, it was on the books at Man City to start his career. Went on loan to NYCFC for their first season. Was solid. Then went to Girona, and Mallorca, and then he went to the the Dutch league. Was at PSV for a while. Made six appearances for City after all this. Then went to Leipzig for a long time. That's where he won the DFP Pakal. So he was teammates with Mixed Discrude at New York City FC. And same with Tommy McNamara. Was teammates with Tyler Adams at Leipzig. And then Man City with Dortmund. I thought this was a good one because I thought I'd throw you off with Gundogan with the Dortmund connection and the DFP Pakal. Yeah. And then the cities with uh, Tyler a, Adams. That was a tricky one. It was probably the trickiest one you had, and yet that was the only one I got. I got my one <laughs> consolation point there. Yeah, I I know we had talked about this guy at some point when we were talking about MLS's ability to produce players and stuff. So, One of our random 2 a.m. debates that we have. Yeah, although we didn't really produce this guy in MLS, but he kind of helped his development but yeah that was guess who for mls edition i got one more guy for you you already won the game but oh that's right okay i want to see if i can stump you with this last player all right so this player has played with steven lindhart (laughs) robbie rogers justin Mapp, and eric miller timbers legend eric miller (laughs) normally for the played with we pick like notable internationals or higher pedigree <laughs> players you got steven lenhart that guy was the bane of the timbers existence for a little while he was the bane of every team's existence fun fact about him he did some like i forget what it's called it was some show on amazon prime called like eco challenge where it was kind of like amazing race but also like this survival kind of like crazy adventure trekking series like uh, like a 
uh, reality show with Bear Grylls. I'm Stephen Lenhart was actually on the show, like as a contestant. Yeah, dude. But uh, so Lenhart, Robbie Rogers, Eric Miller, and who? And Justin Mapp. <laughs> okay, what a random collection of players. <laughs> um, Lenhart must be San Jose. Robbie Rogers was the crew. No, maybe Lenhart played the crew as well. I feel like he did. Robbie Rogers was the crew in the galaxy. Justin Mapp. I don't know, but that guy had a bald head and he was just electric <laughs> down the wing at like 33 years old for Montreal. I feel like he maybe played for the crew, but and then Eric Miller. Eric Miller was Montreal, I believe. So that man, if you want to know his transfer history, just go to his Instagram and like just <laughs> look every at, post. Look is just at every like, row. It's just like excited to sign for this team, and then like two years later, excited to sign for this team. He doesn't post anything in between. <laughs> oh boy! So this is an MLS lifer. I'm assuming. Is it Domoduro? Nope, that is incorrect. Second clue, I was capped by the U.S. at the U-20 and U-23 level, but never got a senior appearance. Oh, boy. U-20 and U-23. Maybe that's where his team is with Robbie Rogers. Oh, boy. But no appearances for the U.S. senior team. Thinking of some random strike. Is it Zarek Valentin? Is that it? <laughs> no, it is not Zarek Valentin. Final clue. I started my career in 2008 with the New Jersey Rangers, played in the MLS last with New York Red Bulls, and now currently play for FC Motown. <laughs> played last for the Red Bulls. That was in 2017. 2017, wow. And he started his career in 2008? In 2008. With the New Jersey Rangers. What in the world have you picked here? I think you'll recognize him when you hear his name. FC Motown? (laughs) I didn't even know that was a club. I've heard of it, but don't know anything about it. Um, what do we got here? Okay, Robbie Rogers, Justin Mapp. Uh, oh boy. Man. <laughs> this is a niche. Have you been stumped? Did I stump you I definitely finally? Ha- I definitely have been stumped here. Um, ended with the Red Bulls. Do you want me to give you all the teams he's played for in MLS? Uh, sure. So he played for the Columbus Crew, Chicago Fire, Montreal Impact, went back to Columbus, then played for the New York Red Bulls. Dilly Duca. Yes, sir. Is it really? Deliver Duca. Dilly Duca is the name. Yeah. I thought I had stumped you with that one. I was I was looking forward to that one because I knew that would be the one that would get you. But yeah, so he started his career with New Jersey Rangers in the PDL, 
then went to Newark Ironbound Express and the and the PDL. <laughs> Got the big call up to the Columbus Crew. Uh, played there for a few years. Went to Chicago Fire for a couple years. Montreal Impact for a couple years. Columbus for a couple years. Then went to New York Red Bulls for one year. Got three appearances, then went to their second team before getting signed by FC Motown in the NPSL in 2018. And he's still there, or currently it says it says he's still playing in FC Motown. That was a that was an out there pick. I only would have guessed him just because of that name is so Dilly Duca. It's the most MLS name you can think of. That guy probably I we... picked some some out there names: Dilly Duca and Tally Hall. <laughs> We we joke about that, but what I love about MLS is you got a guy like that who played for the New Jersey Rough Riders or whoever. New Jersey Rangers, New dude. Jersey Rangers. And the Newark Ironbound Express. And this Dilly Duca guy probably like put like Andrea Pirlo or Steven Gerrard in a spin cycle like during one random game and went off. But that has been officially MLS Guess Who edition round two for us so jacob smoked me again but i got one person right this time but send in some players if you guys are uh if you guys are have our email it's mlsnetboys at gmail.com maybe send in some players that you think are random niche mls players and we can use it for each other come up with some clues or send us your own clues but moving on from that, we're going to go into our match predictions for this next week before we wrap up. Uh, first game. Uh-oh. I'm going to be there for this game. This is going to be Portland versus St. Louis in St. Louis. I'm traveling to St. Louis. Going to go stay there for the weekend, go watch the Timbers game. What is your prediction for this game? I'm going full homer. I'm going a 2-1 Portland win. You know, Portland's showing some life in the attack. It's looking promising. And we have the advantage that other teams have, and this is our second game against them, which I believe we're probably the only team at this point they would have played twice. Um, they beat us, but at least against us, didn't look all that convincing. I think I think Geo can figure this out. <laughs> I am not so confident. I'm only in St. Louis for a few days, and I think this is going to be a not-so-fun day for me. I'm looking at a repeat. I think it's going to be 3-1 St. Louis again. Timbers, we had some momentum with the Seattle game, and we look better attacking a bit more in this past game. But St. Louis just eats that up. And with how sloppy we are on the ball sometimes, like at the end of the last Portland game when Zach McGraw was just like, couldn't figure out a way to clear the ball out of his own corner because he couldn't trust his left foot, that's where St. Louis eats you up, and they just hit you on the counter and they score a goal because they're already have like half their team in your half so jared stroud hat trick if that happens i will probably just burn my plane ticket and live in seattle or not seattle in st louis and just become a st louis fan i'm excited for you to go there and uh experience i've heard there's you know their stadium looks awesome i heard the food there is actually like really good i heard they got like these like renowned chefs and like the food is like amazing at this Stadium, the stadium. So. I don't know. I've I've heard a little bit about St. Louis cuisine. Apparently, they have really good pizza, is what everybody says. But also, I've heard at the same time, it's just like a deep fried pizza pocket, essentially. So, so you're pretty much getting a hot pocket with batter on it. Basically, pocket. basically, yeah. 
Anyways, our next game, we have Rail Salt Lake versus Seattle. What do you have for this game? I'm going full Portland Homer again. <laughs> I'm going RSL 2 to 1. RSL has Seattle's number in Salt Lake, so this will be at home for RSL. Seattle like weirdly struggles to get results in Salt Lake in their history. And Salt Lake has a big win last this weekend. They had one against um Man, who do they play? Salt Lake. They played uh, the Earthquakes. They played San Jose. And I don't know if Roldan will be back. Christian Roldan. Ruiz Diaz has been hurt. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I RSL rides that MLS momentum and they get a chippy win here, I think. I respectfully disagree. I'm going with 3-0... Seattle, but this for me, the caveat is this completely hinges on Seattle getting a goal in the first half. I think if Seattle makes it to halftime and it's still scoreless or RSL is up, then it's game over for Seattle. I think they're going to implode. They're not going to know how to break down RSL. They're going to be just doing sloppy fouls. They're going to let in four goals in 18 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think... I think it completely hinges on them getting a goal in the first half with how RSL is just completely fine giving the ball up and just defending deep. And they got the freaking legend in goal of Zach McMath. So Hopefully is the game of his life and just stonewalls Seattle. Man just scores a hat trick from goal. So 3-0 Seattle, you're saying? I'm going 3-0 Seattle, but with the caveat of they have to get a goal in the first half. I, I mean... 3-0 away from home. Big that's, result. That's my prediction, but... I mean, St. Louis did win 4-0 at RSL, so... Yeah, that's true. Moving on, final game. We got Vancouver versus Colorado. The blockbuster game of the week. If anybody... This is like, you know, when the when the schedule comes out at the beginning of the season, people mark their calendars for this game. You know, this is... Could actually be a good game. Uh, I think Vancouver had last week off, or this this previous week we just finished off, and so. But I think they're like six games unbeaten in the league. They got crushed in CCL, but Vancouver's at home. They've had good form in the league. I'm going three nil Vancouver. I disagree again. I think Colorado is going to pull something out of the bag here. I think Robin Frazier has the boys kind of firing on all cylinders, even though they are still bottom of the West. I'm pretty <laughs> sure firing with a couple one one with a one one draw, a nil nil, a two two. I uh, I I don't know. I think this is the game where if Colorado is going to pull a result, it's going to be against a Vancouver team. Who like, scores for Van- for Colorado? Is that the Diego Rubio like outbreak? I think this is gonna be just Kevin Cabral showing up big and getting two goals. I'd like that. This is also here's a storyline. Steven Betashore returns to his former club. <laughs> How about that? Steven Betashore is gonna he's gonna show them what they're missing. He's gonna say, This is what you guys could have had. He's gonna just connect some one twos down the line. Get a nice whipped ball into Kevin Cabral. Okay. Probably not, but okay. <laughs> Probably not. But that is it for our score predictions. Last uh, 
last podcast with the both of us for a few weeks till uh that is that is true i i'm gonna be gone next week when jacob will be recording so he may be doing it by himself he may be uh inserting a guest in my place you know shopping out my my position yeah Um, if chase truly doesn't come back i gotta find a replacement for him but yeah chase didn't want to bother to be uh in the state of oregon so so i'll i'll be gone uh for this next episode i'll be eagerly awaiting for it to be uploaded so i could just critique it and give it a one-star review on spotify um but then after that i think you'll be gone as well so i'll be doing a solo episode after that so get used to hearing only one of our voices for a bit here the podcasts are going to be like half as long because it's just going to be i'm going to play who am i by myself <laughs> yeah that doesn't that doesn't sound as fun we might get producer isaac in on the mic and have him uh throw us some questions as well sounds good but that's been episode 11 already thank you guys for everybody who's been listening please email us at mls netboys or mls netboys at gmail.com one day we'll have a social media page for you guys to actually follow i know people don't it's uh it's hard working full-time jobs both of us and just doing this kind of as like a passion project um you know creating social media and trying to manage it we're not a big budget production but one of these days one of these days yeah so that's been it thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you or i'll see you next week keegan hughes take my spot on the show seattle sounders dissolve as a club (laughs) 